Hello, fellow Nostriches. So I've been active in Silicon Valley for over 20 years, and from time to time, I'm hanging around with friends at parties. The topic of Nostra comes up because I'm fully Nostra obsessed. And when it happens, most of the Silicon Valley tech people haven't really tuned in to what's going on here. And so I often invite old friends over, and we have a little jam session where we talk and catch up in general. But then we talk a lot about Nostra, and I share my excitement and try to get their perspective from the ground up learning about this new technology. In this episode, I invited Yanda Ehrlich over. He's a good friend who I met at Google about 20 years ago, and he has been involved uh, after Google as a startup entrepreneur and founder as a venture capitalist, and he now works as an executive at an AI company. He's been fully obsessed with AI for years, and so we talk a lot about AI, and we talk about GPTs and their ability to disrupt what Google is doing. Then I give him the rundown on Nostr and how it works and why I'm excited about it. And we finish up with a little bit of predictions of the future and experiences with self-driving cars. So this is a great episode, talks about a wide range of topics around technology, but definitely gets the Nostr story into new hands and new perspective. And so I hope you listen and enjoy what you hear. Yeah, so you're asking me what I'm doing. So I'm yeah. uh, I'm making a lot of videos these days. Nice, and, I like it. Yeah, yeah, I saw some of them on Twitter, I think. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I've been sharing on Twitter. I actually just set it up as an official audio podcast Ooh, for the Noster Talk stuff. Cool. So, on like uh, Spotify and yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Nice. It's like I don't know if you ever mess around with that stuff, but like the open ecosystem is just a huge mess. Oh, really? You know I mean? like, yeah. Open I is beautiful, I... but then open's also like yeah. you know. It's not like upload the video on YouTube and everybody just has a link. It's like, oh, I accidentally launched like two copies of the podcast on yeah. Spotify and had to write to them and ask them to take one of them down. <laughs> Wasn't that like, I feel like Phil Kaplan, like he had some startup that like oh, let yeah. you, you know, back in the day, yeah. like publish all of these things. Yeah, it's yeah, called really. DistroKid. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. like a, it's like the go-to in the music industry. Or or like did, did you use that for your podcast or no? I haven't. I, I think of it as like a music industry thing, okay. and it may be that it's more geared toward that. So I, I was listening to some music industry podcast, and that's like the go-to that everybody in the music industry uses. Oh, interesting. Which yeah. is kind of cool. That's pretty badass. Yeah. And he, you know, he like starts everything just, you know, by himself with Cold yeah. Fusion, which he learned like 25 years it's ago. It's badass. Everything yeah. he builds is Cold Fusion. Totally. You know, one, one man band totally. kind of thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so cool. But it's now, it's a real company. I think they, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I'm, I'm guessing it's still doing well. I think in the, you know, a year or two ago, they raised money at like a one plus billion dollar oh valuation. No. <laughs> maybe, maybe that means it's only worth Indeed. 200 million today. I don't know. But. Indeed. <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah, so. And then you're doing this Noster stuff, which you're going to teach me about because I know nothing yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, so the, the Noster stuff is kind of, I'd see, say. I, I didn't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's become, well, I think there's like, it's, you know, it's open source. It's free Fair public enough. domain. So, you know, nobody really controls it. <laughs> but um, the, the Noster stuff, uh, I've kind of just been spending all my time on it because I'm, you know, I think when these new things happen, I mean, to me, it feels a little bit like the Bitcoin moment when, I, and I know you and I were kind yeah. of learning about that early At together the same time, yeah exactly yeah. um and and actually i'm curious you know as part of that sort of how i think if we can project back to what our thinking felt like back then totally and figure out like what do we believe and what do we not believe and what were concerns that's how sure. that played out because that's yeah. been i don't know it was 10 plus years ago i think when we were first yeah 20 i want to say i bought my first bitcoin in probably like early 2013 mm-hmm. yeah almost almost 10 years now right crazy yeah and I still I, own that Bitcoin. 
I remember like we were all running around town and you know hosting totally. like dinner parties and meetups and everybody was kind of Bitcoin crazy trying to figure this out. And then it felt like it kind of just died down yep. for many years. Yep. You know, in, in Silicon Valley, like it's obviously continued to sort of. Yeah, it was really interesting. I mean, I feel like it started out with Bitcoin. Then it was like Ethereum. And then there was this ex- explosion of like IC. You remember the ICO yeah, the craze, ICO right? Craze, yeah. And then I think when that kind of flattened, a bunch of people went home. And then some people stayed. And then there was like another craze around kind of just like asset values. Mm-hmm. And then. It was that. sort of like that ICO thing was like that 20, I want to say 2017. 20, before, before COVID, yeah. So 2017, yeah. yeah, 2016, 2017, I remember. And then I feel like right around that time, I kind of convinced myself like, ah, I'm a Bitcoin maximalist. Like, <laughs> now this other stuff really matters. Right. Um, and then and then that really died down. And I remember like when I joined Kotu early on, like, you know, most of the other folks there were like, this is like this. What is this funny money? stuff right? what, what was their, their attitude on the whole sector on the whole or? on all of crypto was just kind of like this seems like totally speculative and crazy wow. and then like post-covid maybe 20 2021 like kind of the the world started to invest in these things mm-hmm. and then there was like that second hype cycle where like bitcoin valuation rose to like i forget like 60 60 70 thousand ethereum was up really high mm-hmm. people were investing again like in not in ICOs, but in all these like crypto assets and like right. NFTs and all yeah, this yeah. other stuff. And now it feels like that, like we're back in winter ish. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe that winter happened like six months ago and now we're like kind of clawing, clawing yeah, out of the yeah. winter. But I feel like all these people who own these like apes and cats and stuff are like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, they, these are just GIFs. No. I'm guessing you haven't, unless you're really keeping an eye on this, I'm guessing you haven't run into inscriptions and ordinals. No. Uh, I've, I, I've, I've heard, I, like I saw ordinals in passing and I was okay. like, I don't even know what this is anymore. Like yeah. I'm, I've like, I've shifted all my attention to AI. Yeah, and yeah, so like yeah. I still hold Bitcoin. I have some ETH, but I feel like my, my knowledge of the space kind of froze maybe 2020, 2021 mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. And so like what was hot then, like I kind of know <laughs> and then like nothing else. So, like, so this is interesting though. So you, you sort of self-identify as a Bitcoin maximalist, but you also yeah. own some ETH. So how does... Just because like, I like it, it. Well, I think I like I bought ETH in 2015 and then I have this like crazy like distributed, you know, like my my paper wallet's like chopped up in pieces oh, yeah. and it's like spread all over, the, <laughs> all over the place. And so it's like, it's actually like too much effort to sell the ETH. Like, <laughs> Occasionally, I'm like, oh, I should sell my ETH and buy more Bitcoin. I'm like, yeah, that seems like too much work. It. Like, it's, <laughs> right, right, it's right. fine. So it's like, I own it because, man, right, you know, right. like, it's an accident. Yeah, it's like I can't <laughs> like it, yeah, <laughs> like a 2015 purchase that I haven't like. I think I, I like I converted I think like one BTC into ETH at the time. It was like 2015, 2016, or something like that. Right. I think on Lucas Ryan's recommendation back in the day, right. it's like I still own whatever ETH I got from that conversion. And right. No, no, no more, no less. <laughs> like it's like that's the end of it. So, right, right, right. Um yeah. and, yeah. and sort of where's your where's your head then on on the whole space? Like it sounds like the co two people were all like thought yeah, it was pretty bullish on it and now I think or I think they were certainly like right around the time I left to join weights and biases, like people were pretty hot on crypto and investing in like companies that invest in crypto and and, and tokens themselves. Um, I honestly, like my, my opinion is like kind of frozen where it was in 2020, which is like, I still believe in the long-term value of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. but I haven't revisited that like thought, right? Yeah. I, I'm just like, oh, well, people think gold is valuable. This seems like it should be like more valuable than gold. <laughs> like that makes right. kind of sense. Right. Um, I think still kind of like generally skeptical on like all these other crypto assets. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then I haven't followed all the new developments. And I think I like maybe the one thing that I that that's evolved. And again, I this is not a deeply like thought um, thesis, but the more I've gotten into AI, the more I wonder like maybe crypto is not for us, hmm. right? In the sense that like. I don't really necessarily need to buy things with like I live in meat space. There's dollars. They seem to work fine, you know, whatever. Right. But like in a world where there's like intelligent agents or like semi-autonomous agents that like can do things like they're going to need to buy compute and electricity and, you know, storage space and whatever. Right. And so um, like this idea of, you know, like, I remember I feel like Filecoin came out and I was like, this seems ridiculous. It's just like a, a worse version of AWS. Like, what, why would I need to store my right. shit in Filecoin right. when I can just store it in AWS? Yeah. But what if it's not for me? It's like for some agent yeah. that like actually needs to transact in some way so they can store its own, like it can store it, its memories in it or something. Right. Like, right. Or whatever, right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then like in that point, like, yeah, something where that autonomous agent can transact in some currency that's like native to it. Yeah. Um, and I think in like 2017, that seemed ridiculous because AI like just wasn't ready. Right. right. Like I think like it, it just it like the idea of kind of like some kind of like semi AGI ish thing seemed so far away that it was just like, yeah, this like this is ridiculous. Right. Um, people are just making like worse services for humans. <laughs> um, but now, like strangely, I think as AI is starting like, you know, the chat GPT stuff yep. and stable and, and all these things are starting to look like, well, I don't know, like AGI, like it could still be 30 years away and we're, you know, again, fooling ourselves by how close it, but like, it right. kind of feels different. It it really does feel different in yeah. terms of like the readiness of this stuff. Um, that like now you pull back all of these things about like, well, you know, if these things are going to like operate in some world, they're going to need some currency. And like, maybe right. that's the, you know, yeah, the stuff could be valuable. again. You're, you're getting again, dangerously so. close to my. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Okay, monster. awesome. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. All right, cool. Well, I, I, no, not knowing anything about it, it's just kind of awesome. I don't want to divert from the AI because I actually want to talk to you about AI, given that you've sort of been, you know, an enthusiastic, let's say, investor, follower, you know, practitioner for way longer than it's been super in vogue to yeah, be so. Before it was cool. Yeah, yeah before it was cool. Long, long before it was cool. I was, I was joking you know, we had this dinner for a couple of like prospects and customers and all this stuff. And people, you know, people went around the table and asking folks, you know, what, why they were excited in AI. And I, I remember I was reading AI books when I was like 12 or 13 years old in like the early eighties and getting like super stoked about this stuff. And my dad, who had been a software engineer since like the fifties or something was like, you know, (laughs) like don't, don't waste your time on this shit. It's always five (laughs) years away, you know? Right. And he was right for 30 years. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I would keep like popping into it and being like, oh, is it ready now? No, right, it's still right. like expert systems. No, this yeah. thing, like, I, you know, happiness <laughs> engines in 2013, like yeah. epic fail, you know, like AI doesn't work. Right. <laughs> and now I kind of feel like, oh, man, this time it like, again, we don't know. Right. Yeah. And like you see some of these like Bing mishaps and all this other stuff. Like it could be, again, where it's like we have these high hopes and we're going to get be let down and it's going to go into another AI winter, et cetera. But somehow that doesn't feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Like it feels different. It feels more real, more tangible. I have like I put chat GPT on my home screen now on my on my phone. Uh-huh. And often when I'm like tempted to ask like a search style question, I'll go to it first before a search engine. And it's I mean, I don't know. It, it like 
it doesn't feel like I'm having a conversation with you, but it kind of feels like I'm having a conversation with like a eight year old. Uh-huh. I'm like, man, that's really impressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a really smart. Are, are you going to it out of like an instinct or like curiosity to try it versus like, do you have like an ingrained habit that it's just like what you want or what serves your need better? It started out as curiosity. Um, but then I think that the modality is also different, right? Like in, in some sense, it like gives you the cliff notes of web searches, right? Yeah. And so when you're, especially when you're on your phone and you just kind of want the answer for something, yeah. um, it's better. Like, I, like I was having a conversation with a friend about like, I do, I, I practice Olympic weightlifting as my, uh, as my form of gym, which like, yeah. it doesn't show, but <laughs> never mind. Uh, but I was, I was, I was chatting with a friend and he was like, oh, why that versus weightlifting? Just like, you know, bench presses and stuff like this. And I was like, oh, let me think of a cogent response for him. And I was just, I just opened up ChatGPT. I was like, give me the three positives and three mm. negatives of Olympic weightlifting over like traditional weightlifting mm. as a form of exercise. And it printed out this thing that was like, oh, yeah, this is like better than what I could have described it at. It was like, oh, it gives you flexibility and power and all this. It was like, I, I forget exactly the thing, but I was just like, oh, man, this is like, it's doing a better. If I could just read this, mm. like, I feel more convinced than like what. I could have come up in my head and I feel like if I put that search query into Google, which I, you know, I love and we work there, et cetera, yeah. it would give me a bunch of links of stuff that I would have to read and right. do that summarization myself. Right. Um, and you know, like that's a different modality for kind of like information exploration. Like I, I kind of like the idea of like, Oh, like pre-chew this stuff for me so I can right. like spit it out to my friend <laughs> and I can get back to our day. Right. right. So, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. And so like you've, You've sort of talked about how, you know, maybe it was way too early, you know, 50 years ago, 30 years ago. Um, yeah. And then I think even until very recently, I think a lot of people have Transformers said, really changed, yeah. it, I think. But even, really I mean, Transformers, I think the paper was five years ago. Was it yeah, but it wasn't really implemented. It was written right. about, right? And then like, this is, I feel like, as a Zoogler, like the big miss, right? It was like, it was implemented and then I, Google has an an implementation of it internally they just never released right like they they use it right. themselves and they're like oh my god this is amazing and it's like okay cool for you guys <laughs> well, <laughs> but i mean about- is is that not maybe a good strategic move i don't think so i mean in some sense that like i'm a big believer that like unless you cannibalize yourself like someone else will cannibalize you and i think that seems yep. to be happening right like open ai's happening and like it's always scary to cannibalize yourself because like they built this like massive business off of web search the way it's traditionally done but I think it created this opening for Bing and for OpenAI and et cetera to like basically attack the the mm-hmm. the, the jewels, right? In some sense. Um, so, are you like a fan <clears throat> or like a optimist that the Bing OpenAI kind of integration is the future of search? Like, is that kind of you're convinced of that, or you're kind of open to it? I I think. Well, let me put it this way: I think search the the search paradigm that was invented by Google is under threat for sure. There's yep. there's no doubt about it, right? Like is being the right answer, like I don't know, right? Too early to tell. But mm-hmm. I I do think that like search 10 years from now will not look like search 5 years ago. There's no way that makes any sense, right? right. Like there's like this this entity that can summarize things for you. Yeah. Um that's pretty powerful. Like it's it's actually it's like a really interesting modality. And obviously like that completely like decimates the business model, right? Because the business model is driven off of like no, you don't actually spend like I remember Google, like one of the metrics was like how little time you spent yeah. on the search results page. So you could click onto the thing, get your data. Yeah. But like, 
maybe now that's not what you want, right? Like the, the result might be the result, yeah. you know, and then it's like, well, how does advertising work in that model? And, you know, how do you make your economic rents off that model? And all, right. like all this stuff is like really challenging. And my guess is that like Google's full of really smart people. So they've probably been thinking about this stuff for much longer than I have. But like, I, th- I, I, I do think that like this idea of like, not just processing you like the direct feed of like what the internet has to offer, but like pre-chewing it for you. Like, I yeah. think, I think that has appeal to like a lot of people right. who just like, I mean, in some sense, it's like, oh, what are the top three cameras I want to buy? Like, yeah. I don't want to read 20 links. I just want to list. It's like, oh, here's 10 cameras. Choose three, right? It's like, yeah. okay, like that. that's how you would, like, if yeah. I asked you, yeah. Yeah. you know, like, what top three cameras, <laughs> you wouldn't give me, like, a binder full of data. Yeah. You'd be like, read this. <laughs> it's, right. like, it's like, no. Like, you'd be like, oh, I like these five, and, like, these other two are kind of interesting. Like, play with those and pick your favorite three. You're probably fine, right? right. It's like, well. But but it is nice to be able to know, like, to sort of evaluate the source from which that information came, right? I, so, like, I maybe think so. But like, to have it as a backup, not necessarily as the the front kind of entry point to the information. I I, th- I think I think it's nice to do it, right? In the sense of like, yeah, it's good to know that that was there, right? Because like, also, yeah, it's, it's certainly like right now, these kind of transformers like hallucinate and so yeah, like, so, yeah. you know, I, I I don't know if you've done this, um, but if uh, you know, do, do you you know, one of the things that you can do in ChatGPT is like, who is David King? Question mark, right? Uh-huh. And it just like invents a story. You know, like either yeah. it doesn't know who you are, or if like you to give it an, enough description, it'll like literally invent shit about right, you. Right, it's right. kind of amazing. Like I think I went to Harvard Medical School or something. It's just like awesome. Like don't want me operating on anyone, right? Um, so yeah, I think showing your work is interesting, but like in some sense, like you know, I early on I did undergrad research, and you have all the citations, right? Yeah. Like at the end of the paper, yeah you read all those citations like i didn't (laughs) like i think some people do right Right, and it's like nice that they're there in case you're like i'm gonna like spot check this thing but i didn't you know i didn't like follow every fucking like sub note right be like okay let me read this paper and that paper and this other stuff i just kind of assume that the person did a good job summarizing yeah i i mean i agree like i i don't i don't want the binder full of information or i don't want to read all the web pages and decide for myself i'd like I think my ideal interface is like something like a GPT chat, you know, chat GPT style interface, but where links I can also tell like, oh, this was, you know, 80% composed by information we found on this website yeah. and, you know, 15% composed by information we found on this site. And then totally. like, you know, long tail of, you know, yeah. 0.01, this grammar came from this other that's random right. yeah, thing. That's right. Or like, you know, like the McKinsey decks that have like the source links on yeah. each slide. It's like this graph came from this like data set and this graph came from this thing but right. like you still want to see the graph that's been like kind of like pre right pre-analyzed for you in and, and google kind of has this like so back i agree back when we were there they had this like goal to get you off the site that's right. and onto the web page that's right and with you know one boxes and kind of the uh knowledge graph and stuff a lot more of the information actually is on the website now so i would say like so so okay right <laughs> i mean but there's some queries I'll make where it'll have like a summary, summarized answer and it'll yes. have the link to where it comes That's true. from. But then when I click on that, I read the thing. I'm like, oh, it kind of didn't really get it right, which Correct. is helpful to be able to both see what it thinks the thing is, but then to be able to further investigate. I think the challenge is that that summarized answer only comes from one link. I don't know if you've noticed yeah. that, right? Like it's always like, oh, it's like, oh, the top three. I don't know. What was I looking for recently? 
something. I was like, I think men's like waterproof hiking shoes or something mm-hmm. like that. Right. And it gave me that summary with like a list right off of a link. And yeah. I was just like, ah, I don't know if I trust this source. Right. And there's a bunch of other links to other stuff. And I was like, okay, well now I'm back to like clicking on 20 things to find right. the thing. And I think the difference with these, um, the, like the, the pre-trained transformer architecture is that it's giving you a summary collated from like a bunch of different sources, potential, hopefully a bunch right. of different yeah. sources. Um, and so it's like, oh, you've read the whole internet and now you're, these are the top three you think versus like the top three that were on this page that you decided to like feature in the one box. It's like, mm, right. I know, I don't know, I trust the format. <laughs> I got at least for me. Right. right. But I, I think I, I, I haven't heard yet of a kind of a credible way that the transformer architecture can be mapped to a rooting in factual information. Correct. I think that's a, that, I think that's a challenge, right? But like, not saying it can't be done. That doesn't just... feel unsolvable, right? Like it fe- that somehow that feels easier than what's ha- already been done, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like that's like I think if you had told me a year ago that I would have a conversation, like a credible conversation with like a chat bot on like interesting stuff, yeah. Um I probably wouldn't have believed you. Right. And now if you tell me, oh, a year from now, this chatbot can cite its sources, I'm like, yeah, okay, I trust you. Like, <laughs> that seems reasonable, right? Like, right. Like, yeah. that that doesn't feel like a huge leap from where we are. To, and again, like, this is the challenge of AI, right? Like, that could be super hard, and we're going to, like, beat our head against this thing and, like, be super frustrated. But it doesn't feel – like, my priors for, like, what AI can do tomorrow have totally changed. Mm-hmm. Really in the last 18 months, mm-hmm. something like that, right? Mostly because of what we've seen with – chat gpt yeah transformers GPT-3. originally yeah. yeah gpt3 i think was the first. the first i mean you know i i'm impressed with these um i'm impressed with the diffusion models as well like all the the image generation stuff yeah. but i i don't know i'm less creative as a human and so like <laughs> like generative art like seems really cool but like less personally useful right, right? versus i think that like language is the medium through which we program humans totally. right like yeah. that like like people are like, oh, prompt engineering is going to fade, and I'm like, well, I get prompt engineered by my wife every day. Like, I'm like, how, like, why, why is it going to fade? Like, that seems that seems pretty important, you know? Like, right. and so I think about like th- this language stuff is so personally interesting because it feels like um, understanding. Like, I, you know, I, I, I f- well, and may- maybe I'm wrong, right? But I, I do feel that, like, a disembodied intelligence that understands language, like, could be, like, g- generally intelligent mm-hmm. yeah, in a way that I think a, a disembodied intelligence that understands pixels but not language, like, maybe might not be. Right. Or definitely differently, like, right. like a dog versus a robot. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um. So I'm I'm just fast like the I think the chat like originally like GPT three and then three point five and then chat I think have, have been just like fascinating to, yeah. to watch and the speed at which this stuff is like evolving is kind of insane like I remember playing with like GPT three and being like this is incredible right and then it was like a blink of an eye and it was like three point five it's like oh my god this is even better <laughs> it's like right. chat GPT came out I was like holy crap like this yeah. is so cool and, like, and I've heard that this gpt4 has been teased a bunch and yeah. a bunch of people have seen some demos and it's supposed to be super impressive have the, they talked about timelines and when kind of that'll be more generally I, available i think i think sooner than we think is my guess like weeks right? or months or something that's that's my hunch yeah. right sooner than we think and i think honestly my my hunch is that it hasn't been released yet because of these kind of like 
it's it's more the kind of alignment and and human feedback issues versus like it needs more time to to train. That's my that's my hunch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because you see these things like you know being like being like you know subtly threatening to right. humans, and it's like oh we don't want that to happen, you know. It's like, um, but yeah, w- what I've heard of like kind of the hearsay of people who claim to have experienced it, they're just like oh my god, this this is like a, the leap from three to four is even greater than from two to three, which mm-hmm. seemed like you and, know mind blowing. And me, is it so. your belief from a Google perspective that Google is going to be caught? flat-footed with no i don't think so i mean i think that you know lambda i think in palm and all these things are like fascinatingly powerful i just i worry i think they just have to rethink about like how how much they're willing to sacrifice of the the old guard of their business model in order to to win in the new thing right and you know the innovators whatever the the innovators dilemma or the 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 challenge the the innovators challenge or whatever is like a real thing for every business right like you at first you're the underdog and so you're willing to try everything yep. and then you're like the big gorilla and your willingness to try things like is more scary right? yeah. because you're like, Oh shit, I tried this thing and I could endanger this other thing, et cetera. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when, when chat GPT gives you some hallucination or bogus information, you're just like, haha, that was funny. That's or, right. Hey, it's just beta or whatever. That's right. And if you have Google giving you the wrong information, you're like, wow, I no longer trust the that's search right. engine. And that's, I mean, that's a has huge economic and that that has huge economic implications but then the counterfact of that is like at some point chat gpt gives you the right info yeah and then you know yeah what do you do then right it's so so i think i think that's right it's like there's the the risk of endangering the the golden egg or whatever yep. increases and so your willingness to do risky shit um goes down but mm-hmm risky shit is the only way that you you win the next battle right and so right. like how do you balance these things it's really hard right, right. It's really, and it's i think the larger organizations are and the more people there are kind of like opining on those decisions yep. actually the harder it becomes right because like you can make a good argument to launch this thing or to not launch right. it and you right. can have that you know like who who breaks the tie and Right. Yeah, it's a. I I don't envy Sundar in his, uh, in, his uh, in the current iteration of of like the stuff that's happening inside of Google, but it's also like a fascinating place to see the world from. And I do think that like, you know, in some sense, I think there's an argument that like the the, you know, these models in some sense they're a function of like the amount of data you have and the amount of compute like dollars of compute training you you can spend to right. train them things, and so you know, in that light, like Google's in a fantastic position, right? Like it has an insane amount of data yeah. and like more data than OpenAI and, and probably more than Microsoft because it has access to like Gmail data and calendar data and yeah. all this stuff. Like, you know, and again, like there's ethics questions and all that, like we, we can put all those, you know, like they're not to be discounted, right? Like there's a bunch of data that's like pretty, pretty private, right? Yeah. Like the inside yeah. of my Google drive files or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, Google has access to that data in the way that Microsoft doesn't because a lot of exchange installations are still on prem and yep. people are keeping files on desktops, et cetera. So like, and, and it has like these massive data centers yep. that, you know, they serve their search stuff from. So like in some sense, the puzzle pieces are like very much in their favor. Um, but then the question is just like, okay, well, you know, do you risk the, do you risk the thing you don't want to risk to, right. to try this other thing? Right. It's like, ah, well, it's tough. I would say, you know, my, my view on this is that we have to figure out if it's a uh, you know kind of to 
think about the Clay Christensen sustaining versus disruptive innovation. Yeah. And is this a sustaining innovation or is this a disruptive innovation? Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm landing a little bit more on it being a sustaining innovation, mm -hmm. which means it's not so much of a, like, it's not the kind of thing that I think Google is unaware of is interesting. I agree. Like, they yeah. know it's interesting. <laughs> In fact, you know, I think, what, seven or eight of the authors yeah. of the Transformer paper were all Google, all Google, Google Research and Deep, yeah. DeepMind, right? That's right. Exactly. Um, or Google Brain or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Google Brain. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But, um, but... Yeah, our buddy Noam is on that yeah. on the paper. <laughs> you, you know, he's doing he's a, a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's kind of a, you know, it's something that Google has cared about. And I wonder if this, if what's really, the, the sequence that's going to play out here is, you know, we, we've seen ChatGPT that is very interesting. It's kind of GPT 3.5. Yep. And I think we're going to see GPT 4. Yep. Get released. Yep. Because it just has to at some point. Yeah, that's right. And then I think Google will wait yes. until GPT four is released yeah, to see and confirm kind of what it looks like, what yep. it feels like, what the blowback right. is. Yeah. And then I think we'll see Google make its move after after yep. we see GPT four, and then it can sort of be posed in response to that, or in you know sort of with the defense instead of. Yeah, I think. And by the way, I I am not worried that Google can build a. Like, I guess, let me put it this way. Like, I, I, I think my prior that Google can build a better, like, chat, like, pre-trained transformer chat architecture than OpenAI, like, more than 50-50 chance that they can do that, right? Yeah. I think the real threat is that, like, it, it probably disrupts your business model in this, like, really yeah. fundamental way. Yeah. And I think that's the harder choice to make yep right because i think if you you know google could release this thing that's better than chat gpt you know four or yep. whatever right but then like okay and now its revenue goes to you know whatever right yeah i mean there, there's and certainly scary, right? a potential that the revenue goes down because of that right. i think there's also a potential that the revenue goes up that's right because when you bake things into an answer yeah that doesn't necessarily cite its sources you actually have the privilege yeah, the, yes. to hide the source. That's right. Whether it's organic or paid. Potentially, but I think there's a question of trust in that point as yeah. well. That's like, are you giving me the answer? Are you giving me the best answer? Or are you giving me the answer that's paying the most? But I mean, if you if you query Google for flowers today, yeah, yeah. you get all that's commercial right. all query products, yeah. results, you know, all yeah. ads in the first page. You know, yeah. both the skyscrapers and the I agree. main content. Yeah, I guess the question for me is like, if I asked you where the best place to buy flowers are, you probably wouldn't give me the place. You know, uh -huh. Like, you're, I mean, like, maybe that's not true, right? Like, I, yeah, I, like I've traveled and like you're like, <laughs> oh, I need to buy a suit. It's like, oh, my cousin's <laughs> suit shop. You know, it's like, okay, right. so I, yeah, you know, yeah. no different, right? In some sense, right? Yeah. Like, we we might all have a a second order. All right, so I I want to learn about this nos Noster? Noster, Noster? Noster, Okay, yeah, yeah tell Noster. me about tell me about Noster. Okay, like, so how does so this work? This is. This is the, one of the things I'm excited about is that I think it's just crazy different from an architecture perspective. Okay. So when we look at things like the GPTs, those are new architectures that are well understood by the incumbents. Yep. The thing about Nostra that I think is exciting is it's just like a wildly new architecture cool. that is not understood by the incumbents. Nobody's paying attention. Interesting. Um, 
and so the 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 core of it is, and I, I sort of, I think I asked you to come unprepared. Yes, so I'm like a to total, like, new, total new. Yeah, yeah. I've li- literally, like, like, I didn't know how to pronounce a thing. So, like, <laughs> Very I've, I've smart done no research. technologist, yeah. <laughs> but no idea what Nostra is. So yeah. Zero, zero idea. That's okay. the, the recipe here for hopefully yeah. a good discussion. If you told me it was a baby vampire, <laughs> I would believe you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we've sort of had for a long time these, uh, you know, the general web architecture for publishing is you start with a a web browser and yep. you access a front end through DNS that yep. points to a specific website and that yep. website generates a front end and it pulls data from its own database typically. And that kind of database and front end are very tightly coupled. Yep. That's just typical web stuff. Yep. And I think we've seen a lot of like attempts to do like these very peer to peer, you know, everybody runs their own server yep. and those things, you know, for a bunch of reasons, you know, mobile, you can't run persistent servers on mobile phones. And like a lot of people don't like to run their own servers or understand how that works even. Yep. And so there's sort of like the fully peer to peer option, which is not workable and doesn't, you know, not usable. Yep. And so Nostra kind of takes this like very middle, r- middle road approach to this problem. And it says like, there's a bunch of dumb relays. Okay. And all a relay does is it accepts assigned message and it'll serve it to whoever asked for it okay. and you do like you know like typical pki you know public yep. infrastructure yep. signing so you know private public key pairs yep so you can sign a message as from yanda yep and then you can broadcast your public key anywhere and then people can go to relays that they think you've published to and they can pull your messages down mm-hmm. and if so really peer-to-peer with caching is that kind of is that a, a bad analogy or yeah i think i'd hesitate to call it peer-to-peer because the clients don't need to run the relays yeah yeah okay fair enough got it so, so you can, uh, basically it's like you 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 dump messages kind of like what is that what was that that thing people did in 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 physical space where they were like uh caching or something oh, geocaching. like geocaching yeah. <laughs> it's like geocaching on the internet yeah. basically like you're you're hiding messages yeah well in place but, people can yeah hopefully you don't hide it hide, hopefully like, you sort of like place it there, place it there. And you tell people, hey, if you want to get my stuff, you can get it can at any here. of these eight places I put Got it. it. Okay. So it's not that the goal isn't to put it in one place. Got it. You want to put it in multiple places. Put it you go wherever over. you want, Got you it. know, in a bunch of places. Yeah. And you can verify that it's from me. So it wasn't tampered yep. with. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So what it means is you have now an ecosystem where those front ends yeah. or like a mobile app does not control the data that it's rendering. Right. It pulls it from these relays. Yeah. And you know anybody who wants and it could can, pull from multiple relays, multiple as well, relays, right? Yeah. yeah. So you basically have search over these relay networks where people are dumping messages, and you essentially have kind of like separated the front end and the back end. Yeah. And stuff. It's very. It, it, it's kind of an ecosystem of volunteerism, right? Like just like I want to yeah. run a relay, I'm going to run it. I can do it myself. I can show up and not run a relay and just use whatever's out there. If yeah. I get more cautious or I feel like somebody's going to censor me or take my stuff down, yeah, I can move it to my, somewhere else, etc. Yeah. Oh, and you can really always pull cool. from multiple relays. You can always publish multiple relays. You don't have to publish to the same ones you pull from. You can read and write to different relays. Yep. It's totally just that's cool. And so, in what? Okay, so for I guess two questions. One, like, what type of messages? Like, can you post a video, or is it like short form text? Like, how does this? Yeah, it's it's designed around text. Okay, but of course, text can point to video hosted somewhere else. Got it. So the yep. way it actually works is people run like media servers that are and it's all voluntary hobbyist yeah. stuff right yeah, yeah, yeah but people run media servers like there's one that's kind of common called noster.build 
Okay. So if you want to upload a photo, like a yep. profile photo to be used in like a social networking application, yep. you can go to Nostra.build, upload your profile photo, profile photo, and then you get a link, and you yeah. can add that link to the client, and then it will render the yeah. photo for you. And is that photo signed? Because you that, can tamper with the media, right? Like I could add a mustache to your profile <laughs> photo well, without tampering with the link. And then you'd be like, oh, yeah. shit, I've, I've posted this thing. It's signed <laughs> as me. It's pointing to this thing that Yanda's like hacked and like yeah, so, put so a monocle on you or something. It's it's a good question. It it all comes down to sort of how the profiles get constructed by yeah. the clients. Yeah. And so if I am representing that I'm, you know, at a place, yeah. I am this public key, yep. um, then I can say this is the URL that has the profile picture that goes with this public key. Right. And I can sign that. Yes. And so you can take that thing and alter it, but it's not going to show up as part of that. It's not going to show up as part of the profile attached to that public key. But it could, right. Like, so, so imagine a situation like you post, you know, you, 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 you put your profile photo on Nostra.build, you sign this message. It's like, this is my profile photo. Right, yep. and then you you put that on a bunch of relays. Yep. So now it's out there, yep. right? And I'm like, ah, oh, I'm gonna go like doctor your profile photo. Yeah, but your message that you posted that signed as you said like this is my profile photo. Now I stuck a monocle on a mustache. And oh, but I, but I signed it with my private key. Yeah, so you so can pull, you can yank it. Or you what can you... well, you can read. You can yeah. use my public key. Yeah. and read that I signed it Correct. with my private key. Correct. But if you take it and modify it, you won't be modifying the version that I've signed with my private key. The oh, so you sign the photo as well. Well, you you sign any message, got and it. so got it. One message might be like, I, I we'd have to look at the profile or the the um the protocol spec for the specifics on how profiles are constructed. But you know, at a high level, it's like I say that this is my public key, and this is a I sign that this I sign probably a message. I don't sign the I probably don't sign the um the image itself, but I sign a pointer to the image that's yeah. all text-based that's kind of at the but protocol I, layer. Yeah, so I, I think the question, though, is like, if there's a pointer to that image and I can doctor, if I can doctor, like, the data that resides at that pointer, I don't have to edit Oh, yeah, so I don't if, have if to you control the Nostra.build server, Correct, yeah. then you can do the I monocle can, I, Yeah, I can prank. do the monocle. So, yeah, I have to trust the Nostra.build server is got not going to grant you access to doing got that. It, got it, And if they do... Yeah, I can just sign a new message that That's says, right. like, "Oh, ignore this one." Ignore that one. The but I think now here. Wh- why not just sign the media message as well, right? Because you could you could sign the media message, yeah, with your private key as well, like the the actual image, yep. your profile photo, and then like that prank doesn't work, right? Because I can't, I I can't doctor it because it's encrypted, yeah, without knowing your private key. And yeah. Then, yeah. My guess is the reason it works the way it does today is because there's a goal right now to try to keep the relays like very simple and as dumb right. as possible and as lightweight as possible. That makes sense. Um so if you want to keep it all just text and yeah. any media serving needs to come from somewhere, somewhere else. else. And like yeah. there's ways to handle it by just signing the messages and yeah. storing the messages and the That's pointers. Cool. Yeah. And then you don't have to really it feels like at some point people will just sign every message. Like that's a safer thing, yeah. right? If I'm like, yeah. if I'm recording a video of some like crime happening in Syria or something like right. that, I probably want to be like, yeah, this whole video is now encrypted with my key. Yeah, yeah. So it I, hasn't I think, been edited by some, you know, whatever, yeah, like antagonist that's trying to like send a different message or something. Yeah. And I feel like with deep fakes and stuff like this, that, that becomes like even more important, yeah. right? Because it's like 
you know, in some sense, like, oh, this is my state of the union. But if I can hack the video, it's like, well, yeah. did you actually say that thing or not? But if I encrypt the video, it's like, it's like, oh, the president signed this state yep. of the union video with their private key. Like, I know that that is like, yep. you know, unless I can. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's well, fascinating. So this is just beginning. Yeah, so like, this is really cool. Everything yeah. is super raw and like mm-hmm. it's hobbyists and hackers and it's got that's this cool. real it's it's all public domain. Yeah. There's like there's no yeah, which is kind of what you want. It's exactly situation. what you want. Yeah, it's what you want in this situation. And so it's all super raw and underexplored. So these media servers, yeah. it's not like there's it's not like these have been developed for years and years and like right. all of these are worked out. I think yeah. the the proposal you're making that uh media a piece of media should be signed. I think you know, that kind of thing to make sure that even if it has to be moved to another media server or something, that kind of yeah. thing seems to make sense. Um, my guess is if you, as long as you sign the pointers and as long as you can change the pointers at the protocol layer, yeah, maybe that doesn't become a problem. But maybe if you, maybe if people are trying to deep fake your video, that's you right. want, you know, you need to verify that it came from who it came from. And that's, that's right. a good way to do that. Yeah. Um, but those this are, cool. yeah, those are all like more advanced versions of, yeah, kind of, of this, this yeah, basic, before this goes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's really fascinating. Yeah. So how did this? Yeah, how did this get started? Like, what's the story? Like, when did this start? What's yeah. this? Yeah, like uh, walk me through like the, the yeah. evolution of this thing. So, I, so there's a, a it was created by a pseudonym. Okay, yeah, that makes say. sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, who I I think he was a, a a Bitcoin core developer. Okay, it has a lot. It's not coupled to Bitcoin, but it yeah. has a lot of like philosophically aligned ideas. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so uh, his name is Fiat Jaff. Okay. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's like Fiat J A F. Okay. Weird. <laughs> or, okay. I, but I hear people say it Fiat Jaff. Okay. Um, cool. Um, but he, I think, I think it came about a year and a half, two years oh, ago. So it's it's new. It's quite newish. New. Yeah, yeah. Newish. Yeah. And you know, he has like a GitHub repo up, and he kind of explains it. He sort of couches it within the context of like a, you know, like how to how to decentralize Twitter. Yeah. This sort of. Some you know some of what the repo describes. So I think people come it's to it and think yeah. of think of this as like, oh, this is how you decentralize Twitter, and yeah. and like it is that, but it's, it's more than the, just yeah. that. Yeah, that that feels like a that feels like um, not the first thing I would try to do with it. Oh, what would be the first thing you you would try? I mean, I just I I actually really think that this like deep fake thing is going to be not a thing until it's like a massive thing, right? You know, yep, like to the point that like you know unless things are signed i'm not going to trust them mm-hmm. like like in the very near future yep. right like i think like the quality of defix is getting so good and yep. and you know i think particularly if you don't need to do video like if it's just audio messages like i can record something that sounds like you saying like yep. wild shit you don't yep, believe yep, in yep. and just be like david king said <laughs> this and you're like oh my totally. god like i <laughs> know like, he did not you know right right and so i think identity protection right like like basically like the things i say are going to be signed in some way that can i i can prove that they came from me yep i think that's going to become like very important like very like sooner than we think is, yeah. my, is my hunch right and i totally think about agree, yeah. i think about this more as like ah you know like i mean i think people look at twitter and they're like oh it's like offends some group or represses some other group etc like maybe but like you know, it's one, it's not a state actor, right? So it's like, it's not going to, you know, Twitter's not going to come to your house and like put you in a gulag (laughs) or something like that, right? Like it's highly unlikely. Right. So I'm I'm less worried about that as like, and then like, I don't know, it's like people can kind of say whatever they want on Twitter and 
follow whoever and yeah i don't know i was like i also maybe this is my own personal bias like i think twitter's a really interesting thing i spent a lot of time on it but it's like it's value to like the survival of society as a whole like, <laughs> i probably don't think is as high as some people who you right. know, are on twitter a lot right. think right but i do think that like a future where you can't trust that mm-hmm. the thing that I sent you is me. Yep. That actually is like really bad for society. Yep. Like it's just generally like really bad. Totally. Right. Like I think in general, like social norms and all this stuff are like kind of built on like a foundation of trust and like the yep. fact that like, you know, I can, you know, you can record this thing. I can play it and be like, okay, yeah, that was you. you know? Right. Um, so, so I, I would agree yeah. with, the assessment that those are the most important use cases to serve. Yeah. But I think it's hard to like instigate those use cases. So the reason that I I don't think like a Twitter clone is like the most interesting thing you can do with it. But I do think it helps to just have a water cooler around which the people who care about this can like gather to talk about it and talk about the progress of development or, Hey, I'm launching a new feature on a relay. Why don't we make the protocol do this instead of that? So it becomes a little bit like not it's not so much about the censorship. It's not like people are coming because they're like, oh, I need censorship resistance today because Twitter yeah. shutting me down. Yeah. It's more like eh, I don't like the way the algorithm doesn't show me tweets from people I care about. Yeah. Seeing. Like and they're yeah, just like but I would I would put it every I would put it in other places. I'd put it in email attachments. I would put, you know, I would kind of start to put this stuff in other places mm-hmm. because I think what you're going to find is that like when this event happens where you can no longer trust things. Yeah. Like that will also be true of stuff in the past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like the minute I can deep fake you, I can deep fake that attachment that you sent like two yep. years ago yep. and be like, oh man, I don't <laughs> trust that thing anymore either. Right. It's like, right. And so actually like the sooner you start and you're like, oh, starting from now on, like all of these messages that I sent to you are encrypted with my private key. You decrypt them in this way. You can pull them from like a yep. bunch of different places. If somebody censors me, you pull it from a different place, et cetera. I think it's good to kind of start laying that groundwork because then you can be like okay well at least this stuff i know yeah. came from you you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that well, i mean that that is the groundwork yeah. that's laid today right yeah, like it's awesome i yeah. i sign message you know effectively i'm using i'm using this client called domus it's like an ios app went through the app store approval process cool. it's not like yeah. decentralized it's, it's yeah a, but know, it doesn't need to be right because right. like it's pulling from a back end or multiple back ends exactly. or whatever yeah yeah and so but with domus every time i post a note which mm-hmm. is kind of the equivalent mm-hmm. of a tweet mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's using my private key that it's managing for me to sign that note. And yep. so it is publishing out to, I think I used, I don't know, dozen or more relays today. Yep. And so it is publishing my content in a way that anybody who wants can read it and verify that yep. it came from me. It just happens to be that like the style of organization yeah, like tweets, yeah. feels like a water cooler. It yeah. feels like a chat room, like a big chat room. Yeah. Right? But I think, it's, does it have like direct messages and stuff like this as well? It or? does. They're a little problematic, but yeah. Because I has. feel like, yeah. I mean, in some sense, like I would want, you know, chat this way. Yeah. Like it's not necessary. Like, pub- I guess, again, for me, like I'm more private maybe. So like yeah. publishing isn't necessarily where I like broadcast right. publishing would, would, would maybe not be where I right. go. But I would want this. Like if I send you something of importance. Like I would want to send it to you in this way. That yeah. It's like kind of protect like without telling the whole world or whatever, yeah. but it's like still valuable. Like it's if. Uh, I feel like I would trust that more than like just sending you a body of a clear text email. Yep. Yep. And I think, I think it can achieve that eventually. I think the thing that it's really good at that nobody's done before is how do you publish something and make it 
relatively censorship, censorship resistant. resistant. Like, yeah. you know, signing private messages among people. Yeah. <clears throat> I think like Signal does a reasonable job at that. There's, I think there's people who have concerns with their approach to it, but I think signing private messages, there's like those, like I think Threema is an app that does a much better job at that, yeah. but is much less popular. Well, I think, I think the, I think the challenge though, is if you're putting that message only in one spot, mm-hmm. like that's still, there's still some threat back. Like I, I like the idea of like you sign this thing and then you deploy it in a b- bunch of places. And then the thing that reads it might actually fetch that message from like six different places and be like, right. okay, if, si- if all six of these messages match, right. Like not only are they signed, but they're also all the same. Yeah. You yeah. know, like that's probably good to show right. you. Right? right. Like, okay, it hasn't been tampered, you know? Someone who has a quantum computer somewhere trying to decrypt this keys like hasn't fucked with all right, of the right, versions right. of this thing. I mean, um, the the problem with private messaging today on Noster, and and I think this probably can be solved. I I don't know all the details of the proposed solutions, but but I think people aren't racing towards it yet. But um, the problem is if I take your public key, yeah, and I ask for all of your DMs, yes, the relays will hand can me give them to you, and so I can yes. see all the metadata. Yes, I can see that DK and Yonda. Correct were communicating yes. and i can see that there were all these messages but i, d- I can't read the messages yeah, yeah, they're yeah, signed. yeah yeah so i think huh. you'd probably have to do something like you know i would sign a message with my with, private key and your public key. Well, with your public key so that only yes. your private key yeah, can your private key and my public key so that and i can put then, it out on a relay you can put it on a relay and, and be like ah, it's a mess. yeah exactly yeah really make sense of what it is yeah and in like that's kind of interesting. It's extra layers of work and mm-hmm, protocol, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, bloat and probably yeah. relay bloat. And so, right, because private messaging is like solved in other ways. I don't think there's been a race towards on it. Though there are DM features that kind of solve this. And most of the popular clients have DM features. They're just like not super private yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I that's think there not... are paths to get there. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess yeah, for 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 kind of more global publishing. It makes yeah. That's the global publishing thing is like an idea that's been it's kind of exciting solved, yeah. for a long time. Yeah. And there haven't been really good credible solutions totally. to it. And now I think we have the beginnings of what a credible solution yeah. might look like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think that's what oh, that's everybody's cool. excited about. And then the private I mean, I I would love to see the private use cases get solved. I mean, I, I would love to see a future where we have like interoperable messaging. Totally. Like there's no reason, like, if you want yeah. to use Signal and I want to use WhatsApp. Totally, why not? We yeah. can't do that today. That's right. Yeah. We have to, you have to be on the same messaging yeah, service as your right. counterparty. Whereas, like, I, what if I want to yeah. use, like, an interface to messaging where I can pull, like, my Slack totally. work yeah. DMs and my, That'd be cool. you yeah. know, private messages and, you know, like, some publishing, like, DMs from Twitter yep. plus, yep. you know, yep. WhatsApp and Signal messages plus Slack. Yep. And if I want to use that, I can do that. And you if you could. don't yeah. want all that in the same place, you can have like a different interface and That's we can right. still communicate, communicate yeah. with each other. And you can be like, oh, I don't want any notice from. Yeah, DK, I mean, right? in some sense, like email is beautiful still yep. because it allows for this. Yep. Right. Like I can use Gmail and you can use Outlook and we can have a nice chat or whatever, you know, yep. Thunderbird or yeah, hello, yeah. <laughs> whatever your, your um, you know, Emacs mail or something is your 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 thing of choice and it still works. Um, and, and I think why can't email yeah. be replaced? Like if totally. we solve these DM issues and yeah. we think of DM as messaging, but like why doesn't email also get solved in a similar way? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. Yeah, interesting. Okay, yeah, I like this. I'll, I'll, uh, so, I'll go play with it. So to some of your, yeah. um, you were talking about sort of this AI future yes. where yeah. Yeah. Bitcoin gets used as yes. a kind of 
a, a currency or sort of a value yeah. exchange among intelligent kind of agents yeah, that they could use this to behalf. communicate with each other right in yes sense, in a way that like validates that it's like actually coming from them yeah well and, and so i think today there's not much overlap between noster and any of the ai stuff i'd, I'd say like noster's extreme at decentralizing yeah. publishing yeah and not very ai relevant yeah. and then ai is almost like a very centralizing force yes for the most part like you know training sets and and, and compute and yeah. And it, it just has like natural, you know, capital yeah. expenditures required. Um, but but I think there's like, you know, as the world of technology is, each of these things gets better. They probably have some, you know, convergence and overlap yeah. and they run into each other. But I think what's happening today in Noster is already a bit of the flavor of what you're suggesting yeah. with Bitcoin. And so, you know, sort of we we're talking about the history. So Fiat Jaff, you know, created this thing, I don't know, two years ago or something. And it's been pretty slow you know, Build. progress, yeah. but, you know, healthy, organic, but, but, you know, slow. Um, I'd say one of the big instigating moments was um, Jack Dorsey made a donation of, I think, 14 Bitcoin to the project back in December, Okay, which also brought a lot of social consensus on. So we were like, oh, let's check yeah. this thing out. So people started downloading the clients. Domus has been making like a ton of progress. And so it actually feels, you know, not, not quite the same as like a Twitter level polish, but like pretty good for yeah, kind of one awesome. main guy, JB55 works on it kind of nonstop. He's also a Bitcoin core developer. Okay, cool. You know, in a past life, I think he just spends all his time on Domus now. Nice. But it has like a lot of that ethos from both the protocol layer and the most popular client so far. Yeah. Uh, but the the kind of Bitcoin related thing here is that running these relays actually costs money. Yeah. So if you run Makes a relay, sense. you have yeah. storage, compute, bandwidth. Yep. Totally. Like somebody yep. pays. And it's yep. hobbyist today. Um, so hobbyist just, you know, I think I had a guy interviewed like last week, he said, he said it was like $5 a day or something for, you know, a uh, raspberry Pi, and you could yep. run one of these things. Yeah. And then as your relay starts getting bigger, your costs yep. increase. I think I thought I heard somebody say something 300 bucks a day or 300 bucks a month. I forget what the, yep. the numbers were, but, um, but those, those things actually have a real cost. And so that cost probably should be charged to, yeah, to the people who are storing the messages on it. Right. Yeah. Like ideally, you pay rent to yeah. host your stuff. Yep. There, right? Yeah. Like in the same way that I pay Google Drive and yep. Dropbox yep. rent to store my files. Right. But of course, these there. you know you can't go to sixteen hundred Amphitheater Parkway and get the bank details. No, exactly. Like, That's what, yeah. So Bitcoin or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, some kind of some kind of token seems. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bitcoin is a, a yep. logical token given right. the fact right. that like yes, it's indeed. sort of neutral instead of. You know, yeah. created as part of this protocol. Totally, um, I like that. Yeah. And, and actually, because of the kind of you know pseudonymous nature and protect, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And, and because of the sort of the history of where this came from, yeah. you know, everybody's you know been in Lightning development yes. and played around with Lightning. I don't know if yeah. you have used any Lightning yeah. wallets. And, yeah, yeah. So, um, like Domus has a Lightning integration okay. where you can connect a Lightning address to your your profile. Yep. And then people can just tip Tape. you. Yes. So today it's kind of just for fun, yep. right? Yeah. Um, there's a thing called Zaps, which are coming out, which are so Domus is effectively like a Twitter yep. clone, right? Yep. Um, Zaps are a instead of a like or a thumbs up or heart or whatever they do, there's like a free shaka is okay, the cool. emoji yeah. they use the reaction. But there's also a new thing coming. It's only on the test flight. Going to be pay deployed, people, and you can nice. zap people yeah. real money. And so, cool. yeah. what if you could actually see? Like, I want to see the trending list of all of the notes 
right? The tweets yeah, that yeah, have yeah. received the most zaps, zaps yeah. and yeah, like, yeah, with, you know, yeah, anti-spam yeah, yeah, and yeah, like self-dealing. Cool. Yeah, though that feels like the, so that's cool in some sense that like then it's like, oh, you reward the content that is most interesting. Yeah. But I think there's also this, you, you could go down the path where it's like, okay, well, it, you know, per message per day or yep. per message per month, you know, you want to host it on this server. Yep. It costs you X, you know, Satoshi or whatever. Yep. And if you want to host it on multiple servers because it gives you more protection, then, you know, you multiply your cost by X, yep. know, whatever. X so, so these experiments going. have begun. So, yeah, so as you can imagine, relays out on the internet are going to get spammed and you're going to get all kinds yeah, of, of course. nonsense yeah. on it. Makes sense, yeah. So these experiments that you're suggesting, they're That's the cool. very earliest days. Yeah. But just, I'd say like a few weeks ago, I think they really started to become cool. popular. And yeah. so there's... uh there's the concept of paid relays, mm-hmm. and there's certain relays today that will only carry your messages if you pay them. Pay them. Yeah. And, and it's so raw that you just like you pay them five thousand sats one time, yeah. and they just carry and your just messages forever, forever. indefinitely. Yeah, like, yeah, who knows? yeah, yeah, it's a good start. Yeah, but it's, it's fine. a fine starting point. That's but you can imagine, you know, monthly subscriptions, totally. yep. which I think are part of, if I recall, hearing this correctly, I think Bolt Twelve is a Lightning protocol yep. spec that's going to enable yep. subscriptions with Lightning. Yeah, or per um, message fees. Yeah. Per message, they just like delete the message if you haven't paid, right? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, that seems totally reasonable. Yeah, but you've got all these uncoordinated actors between so like cool. relays and clients and users yeah, who all so cool. are exchanging real value, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now you've got Bitcoin Lightning available to yeah. Help. Who's who's using it today? Mostly hobbyists, I take it, right? Like, it's, yeah, it's it's mostly hobbyists. Yeah. It's people building yeah, on it, on it or yeah, people it who are like excited about the concept. Um. Damus D A M U S. Yeah, like right, Noster. Okay, Damus. Cool. Uh, <laughs> not Feratu. Noster Feratu. <laughs> you can launch gonna, a client. Kind of hoping. Kind of hoping. You know. <laughs> but um, it's but it, I think it goes to your point about these future AI agents that yeah. would also get paid. Like meaning, in San Francisco to buy coffee, we don't yeah. really need Bitcoin. Like it's fine. That's right. That's but right. it's like you know the Visa Rails work fine enough for now. Yes, exactly. You know I I. I can imagine a future where that doesn't make sense, but it's not like we're on the cusp of that. I feel like that future would be like for us as humans, even when the mode where we have to pay Bitcoin for coffee, like so many worse things have a lot happened of to us, you know, like a lot of things have gone real, yeah. real, real bad. Right. Yeah. But I think for an AI to pay for its virtual coffee or whatever, yeah. or it's like its own electricity to like, you know, whatever, like that seems totally fine. Yeah. Right. Or even like, I mean, I don't know if you pay for any of the things like I think mid journey, once you go beyond a certain number of yeah. image requests, you have to be a subscriber. Yeah. You can imagine like just some random website that pops up and you just throw it some Satoshis to generate totally. the thing and you don't have to have a long-term relationship right. with it. That's right. Exactly. And then that could yeah. go to the compute training costs. It of could go thing. to the exactly. developers that's of the right. thing. There's I think it's of... useful only if then that's it, that server can then like use the Satoshi for something, you know, like it's like, oh, cool. Like now I can, you know, right. I can pay for my own computer, my uh-huh. server, et cetera. And I, I like the idea of like AI, you know, like I think, I think we're going to get to some point where like these intelligence agents are going to communicate with each other as mm-hmm. well. Right. Um, they're going to need to validate that like they are who they are. Right. Yep. So do, do you think that be, like, do you have a sense or a hypothesis around how that might bootstrap? Like what are the first use cases where that becomes important? Like I, I could imagine, you know, those email completions that you get in yeah. Gmail. That's like, sounds good. Okay. Yeah. No yeah, problem. Yeah. It's like, yeah. well, you could actually use a GPT totally. transformer language to help construct a real email that's in yes. my voice that that's has right. reasonable yes. 
Option. That's already starting to happen, actually. Like Ghost Rider and Hyper Rider and mm-hmm. a few other things are, are are trying to do this, um, which I I you know I love it. I think that's really cool. Like, yeah, you know. Um, but like, I could have my email talk to your email in our own voices. <laughs> I I think it might be more. I think it might be more basic than that. It's like, oh, the refrigerator is going to talk to the you mm. know, right whatever the power station because it needs you know like i don't know like so you know so, so <laughs> st- stuff like where it's like right the humans are not involved like they're not proxying as agents for us they're just like doing their own right. shit you know because like i don't know like so we we have this yard our dogs like bark to the yeah. dogs next door you know yeah and they're back and forth they're not talking about us. They're not doing that for, on our behalf. They're just having a fucking chat, you know, like they're like, I think once we, you know, once these a- agents become like intelligent enough, right. They're going to have conversations about shit that we don't yeah. know about, don't care about. Yeah. Make no sense. So, you know, like just like, just for the, the, the heck of it. Right. And yeah. like form societies and have like, you know, mores and all this other stuff. But like, right. I think that's part of this is like, Oh, if like, robot bob tells robot jane like let's go watch a robot movie like they're gonna want to know that like it's actually that came from bob right like it's like you know and i think the the what are they going to talk about like i don't know i don't know what dogs talk about the neighbor dogs Mm -hmm. like and they're less intelligent than i think these things might be so i'm gonna talk about all kinds of like weird shit that humans can't make sense of i think right that's my do you have a sense of like the time frames around which like is it going to get weird three months from now six months from now is it going to get weird like two years from now ten years from now i i would say the likelihood that it gets weird in our lifetime is a hundred percent that's and i would not have said that like two years ago Mm -hmm. i think beyond that like i don't know i'm really bad at like like i'm (laughs) i think gauging like time frames is is much but i I did not think I thought I would die before seeing like AGI. I don't think that anymore. Hmm. So yeah, I think shorter than that. Like I don't know. It's and it's it, really hard to is it, it AGI does feel, kind of a singularity moment in your mind? Like everything just kind of takes off. I th- I th- in a hard I think so. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's not going to be a hard takeoff, but it's going to be a weird takeoff. Like mm-hmm. I think like I actually think that like our lives there's not going to change that much. Except that, like, now we have this other entity that inhabits the world that is, like, as or maybe more intelligent than us that also does shit. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think we become ants, right? But I do think that, like, it gets weird. You know, you you have you have an interaction with an agent that's also having interactions with other agents that are independent of you and weird and making its own societies and all right. this other stuff. Like, I, I do think that that's going to happen. Like, weird shit is going to start to happen. But I don't. I'm less worried that we become like food or mm-hmm. slaves or right. like. I, it's just like. I mean, maybe it happens, and they recognize that we're like fighting for resources. Uh-huh. Like, I, I just, I doubt it. Like, right. I just. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do you have, it. is there anything in your kind of day-to-day life or kind of your, let's say, planning for your future and your family's future that you think about differently if those things happen? I think it's hard because it's hard to know the time scale. But I do, I do think that like work 
in the way that we'd like traditionally do it will change like pretty significantly. Um, but in what way, like, who knows, you know, right. like, and, and, and when, you know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think timing this stuff is going to be really hard. And I do think that like time, you know, it's like, there's all these stories of people who are just like, you know, it's like, oh, if you, you know, if you bought the stock, then it eventually crashed. But if you stole it at the right, you know, it's like, right. You can still like, you know, like don't, don't give up your day job yet. Right. Cause like, <laughs> like until this stuff happens, like who knows. Right. Right. Um, but, but I do think that like, I guess, I guess the one thing that I would tell you is like being resistant to that change is not going to help. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. going to, like when it happens, it's going to happen. And so I think it's, it's going to be like, I think, I think there's some amount of my brain capacity that's just like, oh, at some point shit's going to get weird. Right. You know? And it's just like, yeah, you know whatever that'll be interesting you know like (laughs) what can i do what can you do like i think i meditate for that you know like to to to, to that effect it's like oh that's some at some point like the content of consciousness is going to get like really strange compared to what it was the day before and i do think that like the getting weird part of it's going to happen pretty suddenly Mm -hmm. like that'll be a hard takeoff yeah but I i don't think in the sense of like we won't understand anything around us like i don't i don't think that'll be the case like i think it'll just be like you know, 80% of your day is similar and 20% is like really strange. Mm-hmm. Have you been in a self-driving car yet? Yeah. It's awesome, <laughs> dude. It's, I love it. I hate driving. Like, right. like, are you Waymo cruise or, uh, I've done, I've done Waymo and then I have the, the I, have, I have the FSD on, on the Tesla Oh, you do, and it's awesome. I mean, it's amazing. Did you use it on the way over? Yeah. Here? Yeah. I, I, I turn it on like whenever I can. It's amazing. And it's like, you know, it makes a couple mistakes where you have to take but over, you... et cetera. I'm holding you, the steering wheel. You're engaged. But, okay. Yeah, I'm holding the steering wheel, but it's driving. Uh-huh. Yeah, for sure it's driving. I mean, it's like I'm there in case it fucks up, but it's more and more rare that it fucks up. And so you've you've been in Waymo in self-driving and you've had your own car in yeah. full self-driving. That's right. And are they do they feel roughly equivalent or um it's hard to tell because the Waymo one is like a kind of a known route, you know, these Waymo things do kind of known routes. Right. It felt more magical than like not hold the steering wheel right but i can use my tesla to go anywhere i want right right (laughs) so like i don't know on the on the margin it's kind of like i don't know like which one would i pick like probably the one where and is it it's way better than autopilot oh yeah like it's just i mean it's different you know it's here not just on the highway like it'll do turns right stop at stoplights and start again when the light turns green and if a biker weaves in it like slows down it's it's it feels really magical right yeah it feels and like when it fucks up it fucks up the way like a student driver would fuck up not a way a robot would fuck up you know Mm -hmm. or like a if switch statement or something right right it's just like it's like oh it slows down to the merge like too hard it's like well you know i did that too when i was 16 you know it's (laughs) like i don't know like you know like right like it doesn't feel like it's like broken it just feels like it's like still learning how to drive right you know it's like and that's kind of materially that's a weird that's a different feeling do you have much opinion about the like there's this approach that the um, lidar versus camera etc yeah the sensors well i mean I, i will say i think in the long run I think we do a pretty good job understanding language and understanding pixels. Like we don't need LIDAR. We don't need all this other stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, so, you know, I drive making relatively few mistakes without LIDAR. Right. So why can't my car, you know, mm-hmm. now 
I think I'm less of a purist, right? In the sense of like, you know, if you told me like, I can add LIDAR to your vision, you know, would you like that? I'd be like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You know, like, let's go, you know, like, like, yeah, you know, like transhuman, you know, whatever, yeah, yeah. like give me magnetic fields and shit. Like, why Sign not? Right. Up, yeah. So I, I guess for me, it's like, I wouldn't necessarily be like, oh, like we should never use LIDAR. It's like, it's like wrong to build AI that uses LIDAR. Cause it's like, right. well, if you could build humans that use LIDAR, I'd be like, oh, let's go, you know, like, you know, <laughs> but I do think that you probably can, like, I, I do feel like you can achieve full self-driving without LIDAR. But mm -hmm. again, like I'm not a self-driving car expert. So like take right. all the shit with a grain of salt, <laughs> but like, you know, like the, the humans are proof of existence in that, yep. in that sense, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, we do it, so, you know, right. whatever, right? Like, right. But, you know, also, like, humans don't know that I should take this exit because there's a traffic jam six miles away. Right. And the, so, like, yep. this route that is generally longer is now shorter. But, like, man, I, like, I like that my, yeah. you know, that my autonomous driving system can do that, right? Right. Like, can it do that with just vision? And no, right? Obviously not. The connectivity not, right? of the like, internet. It yeah, doesn't exactly. need LiDAR, right? That's right. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't need LiDAR. But it, but it has this thing that, like, the proof of existence in humans doesn't have, right? right? Like, which is, like, it knows their traffic conditions, like, six miles away. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's a net negative. That's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so like if LIDAR gives it another superpower that I can think of in the proof of existence humans, I'm like, stick that thing in. Let's go. You know, like, you know, like, I don't know. Get but, up. Yeah. So, um, I got you, in my do, first, do you need it? No, but like, I think, it, yeah, I got in my first Waymo kind of self-driving, you know, autonomously driven vehicle, maybe, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, like very recently. Yeah. And it felt to me, it felt to me kind of mm -hmm. like when you, when I got into my first Uber, mm -hmm. you know, back when, back mm -hmm. when it was like a black car and totally. it, you're yeah. like, you're like, well, this, this, this is different. My phone. Yeah. That was yeah. wild. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and then over time, sort of that became norm and then it became yeah. optimized and it That's became right. kind of a crappy experience. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Like, yeah. It kind of devolves to the mean. Yeah. That's yeah. Point, right. Yeah. Like, like but the it's early, still kind of awesome. I mean, it's still better than. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. I think that's, it's, that's what, that's where the marginal cost is. So it's like, as long as it's better than a taxi. Right. Right. I, I mean, I wonder like, yeah, I wonder how many of these kinds of things are like, how much is, I don't know, is Uber going to still exist in a meaningful way if these self-driving cars achieve what they intend to achieve? Well, I think, I think some ride sharing will exist. Now, is it going to be Uber or not like that? I don't. Right. But in some sense, like if self-driving cars exist, like ride sharing becomes more popular. Right. Cause right. like, but who's, who controls it? Cause like it does it, does, does Waymo run away with this or is it a Waymo cruise battle I, instead of an Uber Lyft battle? May, maybe, or it becomes, you know, it actually, there's more of these things because over time, like Waymo does a, has more fun selling the technology to a bunch of people and you get to marginal costs, like the same way that like there's a bunch of taxi companies until you, you know, right who controls pizza restaurants in San Francisco. <laughs> well, like, no one, but like, it's fine. You can still get a good right. pizza and those restaurants are still doing fine. Right. So, right. um, it becomes, a, you know, like, like every time we toast bread, it's like magical. <laughs> right. And, then, and yet like, there's no like, you know, master monolith of toaster companies right. that like right. oh, makes all the toasters. Right. Like, I, I think, I think you get to this point where like, if the technology commoditizes, it actually becomes more of a competitive market over time, yep. which means more players. And so I think this idea of like, oh, like, 
you know, I mean, there, there maybe is a path where Waymo controls it all, but I, I just don't think that's, that doesn't seem like the proximate future. Actually. I think, I think these, the algorithms are becoming more commoditized mm-hmm. as we get there. Right. And so I think that probably leads itself to like more competition and more value getting distributed to the, to the end consumer, as opposed to the, to the provider of the, of the service. Right. I certainly feel that way for most AI things. I mean, like, I think when Dolly came out, I was like, oh, OpenAI is going to win this thing. But, like, you know, then Stable Diffusion comes out and it's yeah. like, oh, actually, it's going to be like kind of an interesting fight. And I think like the more these players there are, the better for us. Like, yeah, the, yeah. And the, like a lot of this value gets like kind of pushed out to the end consumer. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think about like this notion of like, I think in, in an AGI world, like we may not need to work, right? Like yeah. we're, we're certainly we, we won't work in the way that we're, we're currently working because so much value has been pushed out to like the edges. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's <laughs> a wild. Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be yeah, fun. It's gonna be sure. fun. Yeah. And it's like, it's cool that it's happening in our lifetime. It's like it feels, I feel very lucky. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it kind of feel like the farmer at the edge of the industrial revolution. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, shit's gonna get weird. It's like I'm still gonna farm every day, <laughs> but like, there's a city over there. It's smoke. It's like that's fucking weird. You know, like you know, like like the farmer didn't disappear, yeah, right? Yeah. But like his life got strange. You yeah, know? and like yeah. our life's gonna get strange. That's yeah. kind of cool. Like I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? Like, you know, I'm like still gonna have to tend to my plow and my chickens and stuff. But like over there, that that that's like what the fuck? You know? like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking right. forward to that. Yeah, yeah, me too. Cool. Cool. Well, this is fun. I'm glad we got a chance to yeah. to hang and and talk about a bunch of these. Thanks you know. for teaching me about Noster. Yeah. Noster. I'm going to download. Well, yeah, download Domus yeah, yeah, and, exactly. and give it a try or, you know, there's plenty of web clients and all kinds yeah. of stuff to I'm going to do that around. right now. Yeah.